In the second reading, we are told not to worry about anything, but instead we are to take everything to God in prayer. In return, God will give us peace and guard our hearts and minds. The second reading is from Philippians, the fourth chapter. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. In the second reading, we are told not to worry about anything, but instead we are to take everything to God in prayer. In return, God will give us peace and guard our hearts and minds. The second reading is from Philippians, the fourth chapter. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. During February and March... We, are, we have this sermon series on, on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. I have the next slide. And here it is. This is the theme verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what God's Spirit wants to produce in us. And we all have the Holy Spirit. Because we read in the Bible that no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But it seems to me that for us Lutherans, talking about the Holy Spirit is really very difficult because we don't know much about the Holy Spirit. For me, to talk about the Holy Spirit is like trying to grab a handful of smoke. Or it's like having a mouthful of cotton candy. You ever have a mouthful of cotton candy and there's nothing there? It's very difficult for us to talk about the Holy Spirit because we've not had an experience that we can identify in our lives. We know it's the right thing to say, but we have no experience of that. But in the early church, in the early days of the church, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was present with power. There was lots of power in the church, especially in the, in the giving of the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and, and the disciples of Jesus spoke in this wonderful language that they spoke in different languages and people could understand them. In the 10th chapter of Acts, we read that in, in the household of Cornelius, the centurion, the Roman soldier, Peter was preaching about Jesus, and it says, I love this, it says the Spirit fell on them with power, and they began to speak in tongues. In the, in the city of Ephesus, where Paul was baptizing some people who had believed in Jesus but had not been baptized into Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and they spoke in tongues. St. Paul reminds us that when he came to Corinth, he came not just speaking, but he came with deeds of power. You could see the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. But for us Lutherans, 
we don't see much of that power. We're kind of shy about that power. And so, therefore, the talk about the Holy Spirit's power is something that's really hard for us to understand. So I want to add to the idea of the Spirit, the spirit of God by having you think about the effect, the effect of being a Christian. Because being a Christian has effects. Or the result of choosing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Those three things to me are about the same thing. So that the fruit of the Spirit or the effect of being a Christian or the result of, be, of having Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the result of that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the theme for today is peace. On the night when he was betrayed, the last meal with his disciples, uh, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Peace be with you. At that same table, he said this, I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution. But take courage, I have overcome the world. They could be persecuted and still have peace. When Paul wrote his letters to the various churches, he would oftentimes begin, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, next slide, and then there is this. From Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. The gift of the Spirit, the effect of being a Christian, the result of choosing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now here, we are not talking about world peace. Well, that's important. We're not talking about peace between people, as we saw in this wonderful skit this morning, although that's important. We're talking about inner peace. Peace Peace in your heart. That's something the Holy Spirit gives us. Now, what's the opposite of peace? The opposite of peace, personal peace, is tumult. The opposite of personal peace is chaos. The opposite of personal peace is being disturbed. When all of life is going crazy and you don't know if you can get out of that craziness or not, it's being upset all the time. Not the opposite of peace? Being stirred up all the time? I think so. It may be that there are people here this morning who don't have any peace. We're very good at hiding it. 
the fact that we don't have peace. And, but it happens. Maybe somebody here this morning. And when you don't have peace, what you discover is it's hard to get out of it. It's hard to find peace. It's hard to get out of that chaos and tumult and confusion. It really is. And that's why, and that's why we Christians need the Holy Spirit. That's why we Christians need the power that the Holy Spirit brings. We need the power that comes from being a Christian. I'm a Christian. We need the power that comes from saying, Jesus Christ is my Lord. That brings peace. And peace does not mean that all the stuff that's bothering you goes away. Peace means that you put it under your feet. And that brings peace. Here's an example. In the Gospel of Mark, it talks about one time when Jesus, uh, he sent his disciples off across the lake, and then he came after them walking on the water. I love this. Can you see him walking on the water? But the water is not smooth like less, because the wind is blowing and there's a storm. And Jesus walks on the storm, he walks on the water, he puts the storm and the water under his feet. And he can do that. And he has peace. And the Holy Spirit wants to give us peace, real peace. Last Sunday, the theme was joy. And I had things to say about joy, but since Pastor Carpenter was here, I didn't get a chance to say them. So I want to say them now. We confuse happiness and joy. Because happiness and joy are not the same thing. The word happy and happen and perhaps, all of those words come from an old Scandinavian word, hap, H-A-P. And hap means chance or luck. And so happiness is what happens by chance. Happiness depends upon what happens. And when good stuff happens, then you are happy. And when bad stuff happens, you are unhappy. But joy is different. Joy is different from that because joy does not depend upon circumstances. Joy is an attitude that does not depend upon circumstances. You can always have joy. Think about Jesus on the cross. In the 12th chapter of Hebrews, St. Paul writes of this of Jesus. He says of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Let me say that again. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Do you think Jesus was happy on the cross? Of course not. He was suffering. He was far from happy on the cross. You think Jesus had joy on the cross? Sure. Because he was doing the will of God. He was bringing salvation to millions of people down through the centuries. On the cross, Jesus wasn't very happy. But I believe he had joy. Well, I use this illustration at the first service, and no one contradicted me, so I'm going to use it again. When a woman is giving birth, is she happy? 
See, all the women, I don't know, but this is why I, I had to take a chance on this. No, most of the women say, no, they weren't happy. Did they have joy? Yes. You see, happiness and joy are different. Joy puts circumstances under its feet. And the circumstances don't matter. And so here's the principle. You can rob me of my happiness, but you cannot rob me of my joy. Because my joy does not depend upon my circumstances. Joy puts circumstances under its feet. And so does peace. Peace puts whatever happens under its feet. And so the stuff that's happening doesn't matter. Here's another example from the life of Jesus. One time, again on the sea, Jesus and his disciples were crossing the sea. He's in the boat, and he's in the back of the boat, and he's sleeping. I love this. He's sleeping, and a storm comes up. Now, let's remember that he is sailing with people who are professional sailors. They've been dealing with this lake their whole life. They've been in storms like this before, but the storm is so bad that they're scared out of their minds, and Jesus is sleeping. So they go and wake him up. They said, Lord, don't you care? We're going to die. Don't you care? (laughs) So Jesus wakes up and rubs his eyes and gets his stuff out of his eyes and says, he talks to the storm. He says to the storm, peace. And the storm stops. And then he says to the disciples, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? See, if they had faith and they knew Jesus was sleeping, they knew they were okay. Because Jesus has peace in his heart as he was sleeping there. And it didn't matter what was going on. We could say Jesus put the storm under his feet and he could sleep through it. And that's the kind of peace that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to you and me. To overcome the confusion and the chaos and the tumult in our lives. That's the kind of peace that we can get because we're Christians. I'm a Christian. I have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm a Christian. Now one of the things that that robs us of peace, maybe the, the the biggest one, is worry. Anybody here worry? You don't have to raise your hand. I see a hand. Yes. You know, worry. You worry about stuff. I worry about stuff. Jesus said, don't worry. Can anybody tell me what good worrying has done? But we worry. And the worrying robs us of our peace. But if we had faith in God and believed that he had control, we wouldn't worry. Fear. Fear robs us of peace when you're afraid. Or guilt or shame or insecurity, all kinds of things 
rob us of, of our peace. Maybe there's somebody here today who's being robbed of peace by those things. If it's guilt and shame, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe that when you confess your sins to God, God forgives you and you can forgive you and you can have peace. Now, having this peace, putting stuff under your feet, takes practice. It doesn't happen right away. It, it's hard because having that kind of peace, it's unnatural. Have you ever noticed on an apple tree, for example, when, when it blossoms, when the blossom turns up, the next morning there is no apple? Well, what happens between the blossom and the apple? There's a growth. There's a growth and development. And we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the full fruit of the Spirit. So learning to have peace and joy, that's something you practice. And you learn to do it by doing it. And you learn to turn stuff over to God. And you learn how faithful he is. And the best way to do that is right here. Let your requests be made known unto God. Pray about it. If you don't have peace, pray about it. Let your requests be made known to God. Give God a chance. If you don't pray, you don't give God a chance to do the stuff that God can do, that God wants to do. Give God a chance. Pray about it. And when you do, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you want the peace of God, pray about it. On the next slide. Now here's what Peter says. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you. I love that. Cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. How many fishermen do we have here? Anybody fish? We've got one. We've got two. We've got three. We've got four. Well, you know, they've got five. Well, you know, one thing that fishermen do, they cast, don't they? You've seen that. They cast. And then what do they do? They reel it in. And then what do they do again? They cast. And then what do they do? They reel it in. Well, that's not the kind of casting that people, Peter has in mind. He has in mind a one-way cast. Cast it and let it go. Cast all your cares upon God because he cares about you. But what a lot of people do is they cast everything on God and then they think, well, I don't think God can handle this. I better reel it back. And then they think about it. Well, I want to cast it on God and they're going to reel it back. Anybody do that? You don't have to raise your hand. But we do that. And that's an act of unfaith. You think that God can't handle it, so you've got to reel it back in again. And so you don't have peace. Cast all your cares on him and leave them with him because he cares about you. I want to give you an example of what happened to the Solbergs. We did this once. Um, it's, it's a challenge for everybody. It's not just for you. It's a challenge for all of us. 
1995, early in January, we had accepted the call to go to Norway. We were very excited about going to Norway. We had gotten the call. You issued a call to a pastor today. We had gotten the call from Oslo. We had accepted the call. We're on our way. And now, after the call, we got to talking about salary. We had a big discussion here about salary. Well, this was after the call. And um, the problem was, Norway is a high-tax state. And no one knew how our the salary would be dealt with in terms of the tax man. And it, it appeared that we would be in the 50% tax bracket. And it also appeared that because we were given an apartment, we would have to pay tax on that too, and that would take the other half. which meant that we were really working for the Norwegian government. We had a son in graduate school. Mike was up in, in, in Germany, I believe, at that time. We were supporting him, and we occasionally liked to eat. <laughs> and it looked like we weren't going to get a salary. So we cast. We said, God... You want us to go there. We're sure of that. And so we're going. And it's your problem. It's not our problem. It's your problem because you're faithful and you will take care of us and we don't know how and we don't care. It's your problem. You deal with it. You can talk to God like that. It's your problem. You deal with it. And he did. We went in faith, and God responded in power. And all the while, when we made that decision, we had this wonderful peace in our heart. We didn't know where the next meal was coming from, but it didn't matter, because we had cast, and we had peace. The fruit of the Spirit. One of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to give you and me is peace. One of the effects of being a Christian is peace. One of the results of claiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is peace. But you have to cast and you have to pray. God is faithful. If we are faith-filled, peace be to you.